taking ownership for other people's mess is not something that I think anyone in our industry should do. No. You commiserate, you recognize that this is a problem, but if it's not something that you've done directly, then don't feel bad about it because you are providing a solution. You can empathize, but then move forward. Empathize and recognize. So empathize how they're yep. feeling and recognize what they've done, right? Even if it's, hey, you made all your payments on your mortgage. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, even if you didn't, even if you yeah. didn't, well, you did absolutely the best that you can and you right. continue to put food on the table for your kids. Empathize, recognize, recognize. and then strategize. Exactly. And then exactly. you come up with a new plan. That's exactly, exactly. new plan. And it's what we do. And because at the end of the day, there are ways to move forward. Right now, those ways to move forward aren't necessarily going to be what people want to hear. In fact, they're definitely not going to be what people want to hear for, I would say, the majority of cases. People who are coming up in renewal, they're getting their renewal rates from their lender and they're like, well, this is garbage. And I get those calls every day. I'm like, well, heads up, everything's garbage right now. Does that mean we don't have options? No. Let's have a look. Let's see what we can do. Have I had to tell people? So instead, instead of shying away from that conversation, right? Yeah. Like, like they're calling you up, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. It's like, yes, you're agreeing with them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then you're like, okay, now let's come up with a plan. Instead exactly. of like you feeling like you have to take ownership of something you have no control over. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. I'm willing to bet you're having some of the most difficult conversations with your clients right now than you've ever had. If that's the case, you're definitely gonna wanna listen to this episode. Today in the show, I have Nicolee Evans. Nicolee is a mortgage broker based out of Whitby, Ontario, who specializes in working with self-employed clients. And she's been having these difficult conversations for a long time because people would come to them and they would think that they would get, you know, a prime bank mortgage, but they couldn't. And so in this episode, I really get into the weeds in terms of asking Nicolee, give me scripting. If I'm this client, what would you say to me? The things we cover are we're the best source of business for self clients. She talks about where they've got the best bang for their buck there. We talk about how to talk to a client that thinks they're A, but they're actually B. And then also how to talk to a client who has a renewal coming up, or maybe they had a plan, they were B and they're going to go to A and they're like, but now they can't because of what's happened in the market. And you're going to absolutely love this. I think it's fantastic. I really enjoyed this conversation with Nicolee. I'm your host, Scott Peckford, the founder of I Love Mortgage Brokering and Bricks Mortgage. I'm excited to have you join me today with this conversation with Nicolee. I think you're going to get a ton of value out of it. Before we jump into this episode today, I want to give a shout out to our title sponsor, Finmo. Finmo is a Canadian mortgage application document collection submission platform designed specifically for Canadian borrowers. And it is really slick. One of the cool things they came up with recently is they have this tool called Lender Spotlight, which has seven or 8,000 documents for all the different lender policies. Well, they've enhanced it with an AI assistant that allows you to ask natural language questions and then searches the policies and answers the question for you based on the policies. It's amazing. You can check that out at lendescom slash Finmo and check out this conversation I have with Nicolee. Hey, Nicolee, welcome to the show. Thanks, Scott. Happy to be here. So tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into the mortgage business. Sure. I've been doing this for about seven years. I came from a background of public relations and marketing, which is not the most direct course to mortgage brokering, but it was something that's really helped me in my career. I decided to do this after kind of becoming unemployable. And also really yeah, wanting me too. Some, yeah, no, right? Like yeah. wanting some flexibility 
having kids and, you know, wanting to do things on my own time, which obviously is still all the time. Like I work very, very full-time hours, but got into this with Denise, who you might be familiar with. Yes, I know Denise quite well. A little bit familiar with Denise, so that we could kind of bring something to the table to give some options to people who were having trouble navigating the mortgage market. Like I used a broker for my first time when I bought a house and it really made a difference to my purchasing experience. And I had friends who didn't have good experience going to the bank or whatever it may have been. And I felt, hey, I could probably do that. Turns out I was correct. I can do this. (laughs) And one of the things that you and Denise have really done like a marvelous job of is working with business for self clients and sort of more of the be challenging stuff. And so that's something I want to make part of this conversation. So absolutely. Ma- yeah, so well, did you guys start out that way or did it come by accident? Like so I, I, end up doing? I think that it was one of those slightly accidental, but also by design kind of kismet moments, you know, being self-employed ourselves and making that journey to self-employment, you collect people around you, especially if you're out there networking, marketing, joining chambers, joining boards of trade, like BNI, all of these pieces, which is what we did to hustle to get our business going. And the more you're around those type of people, you hear more of the conversation that, oh, oh, I can't get a mortgage because I'm self-employed. Oh, it's so much harder. And all these different pieces that you hear just in a general conversation is somebody who is self-employed in these networking events. So you hear that enough you have to then start thinking to yourself, well, this is a pretty solid market. So while it wasn't by design immediately, as soon as you hear those different pain points, like you're kind of silly not to then pursue right. those. Yes, right. Yeah. And I like entrepreneurs. And so like there's yeah. a natural affinity. So one of the things I'm going to get you to do, because you and Denise have built a business for self course, which mm-hmm. is excellent. And I know oh, that there's some top mortgage brokers who do a lot of a prime business, but don't do this stuff. And they refer that to you guys. They do. Right. And like, honestly, I want to be clear and like with business for self, it's not always be business. It's definitely not usually private business. It's knowing your products, knowing your lenders and finding solutions that work and planning. Planning is always a big piece with uh, business for self and entrepreneurs. Right. I'm going to jump into asking you specifically around like scripting and language because I think people listening will find that helpful. But before we even do that, you said that you did a bunch of different activities. If you had to think back and look at your client database right now, what were the one or two things that got you the most business for self like clients? Totally. Well, to start out, as I said, we did a lot of networking events, joined our local chambers, we're out there doing that. And from there, you meet accountants. People who are self-employed tend to talk more about the different services they use. Like talking to you, like both of us being self-employed, would talk about who your accountant is and what they did more so. So getting into those conversations early and then making those connections. If someone says, hey, my accountant's great, Talk to that accountant, say, hey, can I meet them? And talking to accountants is a huge one and financial planners. Both of those slightly different avenues than going really realtor heavy, though we have a lot of really great relationships with realtors as well. If you're looking in the self-employed space, in the entrepreneur space, it's usually through the accountants and the financial planners. A lot of the time is where you find them, as well as those networking opportunities. And so when you meet an accountant, what percentage of your business or self-business do you think came from your accountants? I would say 30 to 40% of it is coming right. from accountants. So it's not insignificant. And it's so- not insignificant. And mm-hmm. as well, like accountants, they don't get talked to as much. Like, they don't get called every week like realtors do. Exactly. Like, you know, keep calling your realtors. Like I am not in any way 
seeing any training that you've had up to this point, like with like reach out to realtors, make all those calls and make the calls, play game of phones, do all these mm-hmm. things. But sometimes like to change it up a bit, like accountants aren't used to being approached as frequently. And like, it's not just like, hi, accountant, I'm a mortgage broker. Like we should do business together. It's building the relationship the same way. Like it's letting them know that you're here, but also for us, it's been really valuable to present case studies of like, hey, this is what we can do for your clients. Do you have clients who have, again, this problem? You know, have they been told that they can't qualify for a mortgage? Have they come to you and said, accountant, what did you do to me? Why did you claim my income this way? And now I can't get a mortgage and I can't buy a house. And every uh, single accountant, the, if the accountant every single one says, yes, it's yeah, like, yes, absolutely. that's happened to me. Right. Yes. That's happened to me. Cause their number one job as an accountant is to have their client pay as least amount of tax as possible. That's their number one job. So then, okay, let's say I'm an accountant. Let's role play this a little let's bit. Do so it. I'm an accountant. And then mm-hmm. you come to me and you say this to me, if I had clients come and say, Hey, Scott, I can't believe that, you know, I can't qualify for a mortgage. Yeah. What is your next thing that you'd say to me after that? And if I nod, yes, what would you say to me then? And say, you know, we have clients who have said that to us as well, that my accountant has done this and like, it's such a problem. I say to them, no, your accountant has done their job. You have done your job and you've served your client appropriately. The issue isn't you. The issue is that they have gone to their bank and think that they are going to have the same access as someone who is just an employee. In fact, as a self-employed person, the options are way more open than they expect. We have lenders that they can work with that keeps you as the accountant meeting your goals for them having to pay the least amount of taxes, but they can still meet their goals of home ownership in the way that they want or expanding their real estate portfolio. And they're not scary. It's not, you know, some guy in the back alley. It's not that's going to with who's going to break your legs and stuff. I always use Harold, the jewelry buyer, which is, you know, very Toronto specific. The and jewelry. Was, yeah. he, he was, <laughs> I think he lost his license recently, like shockingly. No, you don't say. Shockingly, you know, but like, this is the conversation we have. We say like, you know, there are some really reputable lenders that can come to the table and continue these goals while making sure that you, Mr. Accountant, are still serving your clients properly. Like, let's have a conversation. If you're comfortable, you can introduce them to us or we're more than happy to explore their options. We are also making sure that they are aware that we're very confidential and, you know, it really helps to have the team in place. We often use team-centric verbiage because that's something that accountants are looking for. Like, I'm not about to tell them, like, if their client has said, oh my God, you're the worst accountant. I'm not going to say, well, I'm going to refer them to someone else, like, right. you know, and like being very careful with referral sources and things. So. Okay, so that's essentially what you've done there. If you guys are paying attention is that you've identified a pain point that accountants have, which is mm-hmm. clients coming and going, oh my gosh, I can't qualify for this, you know, bank mortgage. And then you show them how working with you, it eliminates that pain point. What other pain points do you see that accountants would have that you would communicate so that if I'm Scott, the accountant, that you would say to me, what other things? I'm just curious. Another one, of course, is people who are recently incorporated or recently started a business and they're looking at income planning. Like, so this is more rather than looking back, they can do is planning for what they can do in the future. So at tax time, oftentimes with self-employed people, you've got an accountant, the really good ones who are sitting there going like, how am I going to structure this person's income for this year? We have accountants who at that point in time, they've built into their scripts because they've worked with us for so long. Hey, are you planning on purchasing any real estate in the next like year? 
And it's such a simple question. And like a lot of the really good accountants already have this in their scripting, but it's another touch point for the accountants to show their clients their holistic approach rather than like getting a client who's mad at them. Holistic or holy stick? Because it sounded like holy stick. I get What do you think I said? <laughs> yeah, it's a holy stick approach. It's a holy stick. Everybody gets on this. <laughs> It's the Australian accent. It's the well, you know stick. what? You know, don't discriminate from Australian accents. I'm your favorite Australian, remember? Yeah. But like the holistic approach to like being like their accountant and making sure that they're aware of all their goals. So this is something that we help accountants with their scripting so that they're showing their clients how much they care at this point in time. It's all similar type problems, but it's preemptively identifying something that could be in the future rather than not asking and then being in trouble or, you know, have right. a client who's upset with you at that point. So guiding or reminding the accountant that mm -hmm. they have the conversation, especially for new. And so then what happens then? So if they say yes, okay, cool. Then what, like, how do you help me if you're my mortgage broker? I often say like, okay, so they've said yes, send them over to us and we'll figure out exactly what they want you to do. Like if there's a price point that they want to be at, if there's like a goal to continue the rental property, like into the rental market, is it that we need to do a refinance now of their primary residence to put in a product that has mortgage in a line of credit so they have access to that equity? Are they going to make a big change in their income and like decide not to claim as much income over the next few years? So let's do it now before we file those taxes. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of avenues for, but it does start with asking the accountant to refer over their client. Again, with the scripting, if it's a yes, they say, okay, let's loop in our mortgage partners to see if there's some planning we want to do or if there's anything that we need to change before filing your taxes. So That makes sense. Yeah. And so it's kind of like a pre-filing. It's essentially like a planning for... And like, to yeah. be clear, Part, like in property crystal, purchase planning, exactly. Self-employed people have made what they've made within their business, but like, especially for an incorporated individual who has an incorporated company, there is different ways that they can hold money in the company rather than claim as personal yes. income, whether it's for retained earnings and different things like that. We are not in any way saying, oh no, don't claim that money to the government. This to be clear. <laughs> We're not. Yeah. No, no, but yeah. there is definitely some wiggle room or certainly. Tax strategy, yeah, I think. Tax is, strategy. Yeah. yeah. Wiggle, wiggle room sounds like. Again, you know, yeah. Tax strategy around how the income should be claimed. And accountants are really good at this, as they should be. This is their job. And again, their number one goal is to make sure that their client pays least amount of tax as possible in a like, very ethical way. But like using that strategy for mortgages as well, like it's a holy stick approach. Holy, holy stick. stick. Yeah. The holy stick of mortgages. I'm going to go get that domain. If I don't, uh, holy stick mortgages? Yes. Holy stick. Okay, I so think let's, that's a good idea. let's switch to chatting with clients. So now let's assume that I'm a client and you're working mm -hmm. with me and I think I should be a, like, what does the conversation look like to help me not go, well, I don't like, you know, because I know you guys are very good at this part. So walk me through that. What would you say to me if I thought yeah. I should be A, but I'm not? Honestly, I think that when a client comes to you and they're like, I want the best rate, which is essentially saying another way of saying I'm an A client, we have some really good scripting to move away from that conversation being really focused on rate or lenders or like specific, like I need a big bank. It's really listening to what they're saying and why they're going to be offended if they're not an A client. Even A versus B, prime versus alternative, all of this verbiage is, is quite hard to get around sometimes. But I think 
the way that we take it, which works for us, is bringing it back to numbers as well. Show clients best and worst case scenarios as to how to move forward with some financing pieces. I think that having that discussion early like especially to present a worst case scenario is always the best way to go. We've moved away from it in the current market as much, you know, like nobody is saying, well, my best friend got 1.9 or something. Right. It's, they- it's all worst case, worst and worst. Here we are in the worst case, yeah. but like, you know, we've had some clients that we had put into alternative lenders or B lending recently over the last few years with the goal of moving them to A. And that's a tricky conversation to even be having as well, because, you know, you can plan for the future rather than what's happening right now, but you can only use right now to plan for the future. So when we were looking a couple of years ago at B clients, and even if we were qualifying them rates that were higher, like just to give us some wiggle room, we're even higher than that. So, you know, having conversations right now with clients who we had planned to move to A side based on, you know, certain income claiming or cleaning up credit and things like that. And if they can't, it's a tricky conversation. But as I said, all conversations are tricky right now. B lending is more flexible. B lending is more common sense. B lending allows you to have more opportunity. These are the kind of conversations that we have. Banks are fantastic if you fit their criteria, which is about this wide. As entrepreneurs and people who have flexibility with our income planning, flexibility with how we're claiming our income, we're looking for like lenders that are looking like this rather than like this. Like I'm going off screen here, like this. You can't even right. see my hands. And this is where the, the B lending- The holy basic, stick of lenders. The holy stick of lending, Scott. I, I um, got that on my head now. Yeah, like, so- yeah. Alternative lenders have more flexibility, more common sense, more latitude with how we're looking at things. They're able to look at your bank statements rather than looking at what you're claiming to the government. Let's not give the government any more money than they deserve. All of these different ways of positioning. Generally speaking, anytime we have a conversation with a client, you hear these different pain points, these problems. We can turn those around by just being realistic by presenting it as better option because of the flexibility and the common sense rather than fitting into this narrow piece. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one strategy is with a client explaining there's best case, worst case. So that, because mm-hmm. sometimes just the surprise of I was expecting X and now you're telling me Y and I don't like the answer. So now I'm going to go somewhere else and I'm going to hear the same thing somewhere else, but you know what's going to happen with that. So yeah. then the other one is, so let's say I am expecting we had a strategy of a few years ago. Now it's not going to happen. What would you say to me? So like if you and I were talking and I'm like, hey, Nicolay, I thought we were going to be able to move me over. Like, what does that look like? I'm curious. Yeah. So that is a tricky conversation as well. Something like that was what we were planning. And you have done everything right as a client to get yourself there. Unfortunately, the economy and the different changes in rates in the market is not keeping up with meeting your goals right now. Right. Let's look at keeping in place for a little bit longer here and you keep doing what you're doing as client who's absolutely killing it here. Gold star for you, client. I legitimately give my clients gold stars often in a non-condescending way, of course. Right. And say like, we have done everything right. This is where we are right now. So we're still holding for a little bit longer until the economy reaches to your goals as well. Right. Okay. I love that. So the way you did that, it's basically you talk about, yes, that was the plan and then the economy and and you make it about that and then give them kudos for following through on whatever the plan was. But 
you also aren't taking ownership of the market. The reason I want you to talk about this, I know there's some mm -hmm. people who feel really stressed about this conversation because they're like, oh my gosh, this is what we planned or what I thought and now it didn't happen. But like, you know, when I was a paramedic, they used to say, you didn't cause the mess, you're just there to help. Exactly. Same thing, same thing with the market. You didn't cause the market, you're just there to help. You have to recognize when your client has done everything right. And it is commiserating. It is recognizing their achievements, but we are where we are. Like, this is for a client who's done everything that you've said to do and like honestly have like absolutely excelled and when we've set out a plan and they've got there. Like there are clients as well that you set out a plan and they don't get there. Oh, and like totally. And even with those clients, we still try to make sure we say, Hey, well you've done this and this and this. So like well done on doing that. Yeah. We haven't quite got to, but again, like especially with self employed people, like Self-employed people have been through it over the last mm -hmm. while and, you know, best laid plans and you've done the best with what you've like had to deal with. Let's still continue on the path. Let's keep our heads down and continue on this way and figure that out. The even worst, worst case scenario is if everything's gone to shit and we solve that then. Taking ownership for other people's mess is not something that I think anyone in our industry should do. No. You commiserate. You recognize that this is a problem but if it's not something that you've done directly then don't feel bad about it because you are providing a solution you can empathize but then move forward you empathize and recognize so empathize how they're yep. feeling and recognize what they've done right even if it's hey you made all your payments on your mortgage Exactly. Exactly. Even <laughs> like, if you didn't, even if they yeah. didn't, well, you did absolutely the best that you can and you right. continue to put food on the table for your kids. Empathize, recognize, recognize. and then strategize. Exactly. And then exactly. you come up with a new plan. That's exactly, exactly. What new do. plan. And it's what we do. And because at the end of the day, there are ways to move forward. Right now, those ways to move forward aren't necessarily going to be what people want to hear. In fact, they're definitely not going to be what people want to hear for, I would say, the majority of cases. People who are coming up in renewal, they're getting their renewal rates from their lender and they're like, well, this is garbage. And I get those calls every day. I'm like, well, heads up everything's garbage right now. Does right. that mean we don't have options? No. Let's have a look. Let's see what we can do. Right. Have I had to tell people? So instead, instead of sell? shying away from that conversation, right? Yeah. Like, like they're calling you up, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. It's like, yes, you're agreeing with them. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, now let's come up with a plan. Instead exactly. of like you feeling like you have to take ownership of something you have no control over. Like even like I was reading something because we weren't at NPC, but I've been, you know, absorbing all the information that I can out of that. Like even Benjamin Tolls, like stop making predictions. Like don't make predictions. So if we're not and able here's to- my, Stop making predictions and here's mine. Yeah, kidding. exactly. Well, he's allowed. That's his job. <laughs> but like we can't make predictions and we can't take ownership for what's happening in the market right now. We can take ownership for anything we've done. Don't overpromise. Don't say, I will get you the much better rate than what you have like you are being offered. I don't know that I can. Like if I haven't looked at your application, I'm not sure that I can get you a better rate. If you tell me that your current bank is offering something and I can't see that on my rate sheets, I'll say, nope, that's probably the best that you're going to get right now. Let's not move you. I can't in good conscience move you to do something else. Renew. Let's talk in two years. 
got you in my system within, oh, my bank didn't get back to me and they're a nightmare to deal with and they've given me these high rates. And then I look at it and I'm like, well, that's actually the best available right now, but you're now in my system six months before your renewal date. I'm going to be talking to you. My team's going to reach out to you. Like you're building your pipeline somewhere. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If it's not exactly, you got to play the long game. Okay. So if somebody wants to do more B business, what would be your best advice? And I think there's just going to be more B business because stuff doesn't fit. As you said, the sandbox for yeah. prime businesses keeps getting smaller. I think you're right. It's not a matter of if you want to do B business. I think it's a matter of you need to learn how to do B business right now. Know your lenders. Yeah. They're wonderful. B lenders are wonderful. Know what areas that they can lend in, like what their products are. You know, use the AI if you need to from yesterday. Yeah. Learn that, build relationships, build relationships with accountants, with financial planners, even with your real estate agents. You know, oftentimes they have clients coming back to them saying like, oh my God, like I need referrals at this point. Cause you know, a real estate agent is still a trusted professional that help them get into that house. And now if they're in that house and they're having problems affording it, they may be hearing from their clients saying, oh, I don't know what to do. Do you have a referral? And that's something that we often tell our real estate agent partners, even if it's someone that you've placed in a house before, like you can reach out to them and say like, you know, oh my God, like, are you having concerns about affording your home? Like you can talk to our mortgage partners to see if there's options there. If they can't do anything, then I can help you sell it. Like, you know, always an option. So you were about to say something and I cut you off because I'm like that. Rude. I know. You were saying you've had to have conversations with people about possibly selling. So what does oh, yeah. that look like? Let's assume that this customer who, you know, you know my situation, yeah. it's not looking good. How do you have that conversation? Often we'll present options around things. You know, if it's an option between going into a second or third private to continue to afford something versus selling now, we model out a lot of different scenarios for people selling at different price points if that's the way it has to go. We always look to explore all options but you know we talked earlier and I said with self-employed people it's not usually privates. There's options beyond that. That's not to say I haven't done a lot of privates you know over the last few years but for us putting someone into something like a private mortgage, we always want to have an exit strategy that's solid and very doable. Like again, planning and documenting. Cover your ass, people. So making sure that if we're having this conversation, we present an option, here's a private, that you can stay in your house for this long. But if you do that and you stay there longer and you're selling for the same as you are today and six months and we've put you in this private, this is how much the equity is eaten up or, you know, those different situations. You notice what you I did? So, okay, like this is pro-level stuff. Your tone changed. Oh, yeah. Your tone went to very like soft-spoken, which you're not soft-spoken. And, and you were swearing and you were like, your tonality matters. Like how are you in this conversation? Because this is not going to be no things to hear. But it's, it's, and, those, it's that empathize piece. Yeah. Recognize, empathize, strategize. Like yeah. I liked that when you said that earlier. I think that that is very much how we move forward. Like you've kind of labeled the different stages of our process in terms of the client relationship. Because like, again, I'm going to empathize with someone's situation if they're going to have to sell the house. It's not my fault. I didn't right. put them there. Perhaps they didn't even put themselves there. But at the end of the day, this is what they need to hear. Right. And yes, they can hate you. Like, and that's fine. Like, if that's the case, like, go ahead, hate me because I'm telling you this. But if I'm having this conversation early, at least I told you clearly, the truth. exactly, yes. early and like clearly and truthfully, 
it's better than the opposite of being like, no, no, I can solve this. No, no, I can get you some golden solution that doesn't exist. Yeah, if you just kick the problem down the road, you know, you're probably just making it worse. It's and that's kind of the modeling that we do and the numbers that we run for them. Like this is right now. This is if we put you into this private or another second or these different options. Like again, all remaining the same, but putting more financing in place in six months, this is how much less equity you'll have and things like that. Like it's hard. I've had yeah. clients say, I need to get a second job. And I said, okay, off you pop then or whatever it may be. Yeah, it's but, rough. Okay, last thing I'll touch on is you said cover your ass. So how would you document this conversation? So let's say I'm that client, you're showing me options. Maybe I can get a second or third private, but you're like saying, hey, yeah, you can, here's what it's going to cost. But you yeah. know, also be aware that all things being equal, this is how much less equity you'll have. Yeah. Potentially. So all of that, if it's a conversation over the phone or Zoom or something, we always follow up with emails and communications that way. Any documentation, like if we're putting anyone into a private lending, we will make sure that all the disclosures signed, all the different communication back and forth. We save it all and submit it with our compliance because if compliance team doesn't know something and then we have a client that comes back and has a problem with it, if they don't have it, they can't defend us. Our lawyers mm -hmm. don't have that information. But yeah, a lot of documentation, a lot of like, do you have any questions? Like, please let us know all your questions, documents back and forth that way. Email, always follow up with these difficult conversations. So it's like a record of the conversation of like, always. hey, here's what we talked about. Yeah, and you know, of course, like tensions advice. are high. Always, 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 always. Tensions are high. People are always stressed with what we do. Like buying a house and getting a mortgage. They is... were stressed before because they wanted to get like 0% interest. Exactly. They wanted to keep just... up with their neighbor or their brother-in-law yeah. who got this magical rate. Like there's yeah. never a point in our industry where this is not the most stressful thing that people do. It's just stressful for different reasons. And right now, rates are very high, so it's more stressful. And life is very expensive, so life's more stressful. So the baseline yeah. stress level of everyone's a lot higher. But at the end of the day, we can still be that voice of calm. And like I do tone chains when I talk about different, harder conversations with people because it is a way of showing empathy. If I like come in slick salesperson and like, do I have a deal for you? Yeah. Like, I'm not that kind of dick. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So where can people find you? Where are you online? LaFranboisemortgage.ca. That's us. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. We are on our website. If anyone's interested in learning more about doing mortgages for self-employed people, that is something that we have. You can reach out to me at experts at LaFranboisemortgage.ca and I can let you know where we're having that to run yeah your, 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 your course that you guys have you guys have yeah. great feedback on it so it's awesome well nickley thanks chatting with you my pleasure thank you scott yeah always fun hey thanks again for listening and hopefully you got some ideas for these conversations from nickley i know i did if you're interested in finding out more about their course and currently there's a wait list for when they open it up again go to bfsbootcamp.ca that's bravo foxtrot sierra bootcamp.ca and yes i used to be a paramedic so i know my phonetic alphabet so i hope you find that useful thanks again for listening and i will see you guys on the next episode this is an i love mortgage brokering production